Anybody want to say amen? Thought so. I look forward to this time every year. It holds such precious memories for me. Just the thought of it makes my heart leap and brings tears to my eyes. By now, they're calling it Palm Sunday, but that doesn't even begin to describe it. My name is Mark. I first met Jesus when he was calling others to follow him. I remember that time. He came up to me. He looked deep into my eyes with those eyes of his that that were overflowing with love. And he simply said, come, follow me. And I did. I know it's strange. It sounds weird, I guess. But I left everything that day to follow Jesus. I, I couldn't help myself. There was something about Him that drew all of us to Him. He was so kind and real and good and transparent. When we were all around Him, we all had this one thought in our minds. We talked about it with each other. We all thought the same thing when we were around Jesus. And it was this, I want to be just like Him. There was something about Him that, that, that made us long to be just like that. See, there was something different about Jesus. There was something new about Him. <laughs> Those three incredible years. I remember each moment as if it were yesterday. We followed Jesus with our hearts pounding in our chest. We followed Jesus with a lump in our throat. We followed Jesus with a, with a spring in our step. We couldn't wait to get up in the morning to see what was going to happen that day. We hung on His every word. We followed His every step. We obeyed His every command. I remember that we hadn't been following Jesus too long when we walked into the town of Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was not too far from Jerusalem. It was a nice journey, but we walked into that town. And on the Sabbath, we went with Jesus to the, to the synagogue. And as we were sitting there, the different rabbis were teaching, and it came to be Jesus' turn. And He began to teach in the synagogue. Well, the people, they were amazed at what he said, and, and, and so were we. Right in the middle of what Jesus had to say, there was this, this man 
possessed with, a, with an evil spirit that, that cried out and said, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Do you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus looked right at him, you know, gave him that, that look. And he said to him, be quiet, come out of him. And with that, the evil spirit shook the man. The man fell on the floor and the evil spirit came out with a shriek. We were all amazed, to say the least. <laughs> We'd never seen anything like that. The people in the synagogue started to ask, What is this? Who is this? The name of Jesus, our rabbi, spread throughout the region. People could not believe what they heard, but we were living it. And as we followed Him, our hearts were were pounding in our chest. We witnessed other times when He cast out evil spirits. We witnessed healings from, from every kind of disease that you can think of. We saw Him feed thousands of people with just a little bit of food. Everybody had what they wanted and there was plenty left over. We saw Him calm the storm on the sea with just a few words. We even saw Him walk on the water and raise people from the dead. Does it surprise you to know that we followed Him with our hearts pounding in our chest? It became more obvious to us that a lot of it had to do with his prayer life. Everything he did, he prayed first. It was incredible to witness and to be part of his prayer life. Before he walked on the water, he went up to the hills to pray. Before he raised Lazarus, from the dead, he paused to pray. <laughs> Once we started to put it all together, that there was a connection from what he did and who he was to his prayer life, we got together and we asked Jesus to teach us to pray. We said, Lord, would you teach us to pray just like you pray? And he did. He gathered us around him. We sat down and he, he began. He said, he said, when you pray, say this. Our Father. And, and he could have stopped right there, I think, at least for me. Because when he said those two words, our Father, you could just sense the, the, the connection, the intimacy, the love that he had down deep for His Father. Our Father. He said, pray just like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is Your name. <laughs> I remember it just like it was yesterday. 
Lord, teach us to pray. I mentioned that I look forward to this time of year, but, but really, coming up to that first Palm Sunday, we were a little tentative. We were a little nervous. I guess if we were honest, I could say we were afraid for Jesus' life. Everywhere we went, there was opposition, it seemed. Jesus was becoming more and more controversial. Everywhere we went, you could feel tension. There were even rumors that the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus. For the life of us, we couldn't understand that. Why would anybody want to kill Jesus? He was our master. He was our rabbi. He was our close friend. All he ever did was help people. And yet the rumor was they wanted to kill him. Because of that, we pulled him aside one day and said, Jesus, please don't go to Jerusalem this year for Passover. We can celebrate here. It's too dangerous. Jesus, will you just stay with us? But he resolutely turned his face to the holy city and he went anyway. And of course, we followed. It seemed like he was on a mission from God. Even though you could feel the tension and the the, the opposition almost everywhere we went, I have to say that there was also anticipation and excitement in the air. All of us sensed that something incredible was about to happen. We just didn't know what it was. We had never seen Jesus so focused before. And even though we knew it was dangerous there in Jerusalem, we didn't want to miss it. We were following Him to the end. Our hearts were pounding in our chests. As I look back now on that week that changed my life forever, there are pictures There are experiences that keep going through my mind. Beautiful, incredible, powerful, over and over again. Like the first Palm Sunday. Oh, it was great. What a day. I remember that as we approached Jerusalem, the crowd, the people heard that Jesus was coming. And they began to gather As we got close, we could hear the the murmur, the, the buzz of the crowd as we approached Jerusalem. Jesus surprised us. He said, I want to ride into Jerusalem on a young donkey that's never been ridden. And we thought that was strange because he hadn't done that before. What was he thinking? But we obeyed him. And here we were following beside him walking beside him as he rode into Jerusalem. We thought that was strange, but now, years later, I understand. Jesus did that to fulfill what the prophet Zechariah said when he said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. Now I understand. 
All along the way, Jesus was fulfilling the words of the prophet. (laughs) Well, the people lined the streets. And to say they lined the streets is putting it mildly. They were everywhere. And some of them, crazy people, they took off their cloaks and they, they, they laid them down in front of Jesus and he rode over them one after another. And then others who didn't want to lay their cloaks down, they went into the fields and cut branches and they ran back and laid those branches in front of Jesus, continued to ride over them. As I think about it, the chills run up and down my spine. Because then people started breaking out and saying, Hosanna! 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 Somebody over here said, Hosanna in the highest! And then people started saying together, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Unbelievable. It was incredible to be part of. Needless to say, we were on, on cloud nine that day. <laughs> Somebody said in the crowd as we were walking by, Look, there's some of His followers. They were talking about us. And they, they pressed in and they wanted to talk to us. They wanted to touch us. They wanted to just hang out with us. We were celebrities that day. We were on cloud nine. And our hearts were pounding in our chest. We finished that day by going to the temple and Jesus just looked around in the temple. Then we went back to Bethany, a short distance from Jerusalem, just to spend the night. (laughs) That first Palm Sunday. It's like it was just yesterday for me. I've thought about that time often, especially this time of year. And as I have reflected on those days, that first Passion Week, there's two things that just kind of go through my mind all the time. Just two things. Here's the first one. Even though we walked with Jesus faithfully every day for three years, we we lived with Him, we listened to Him, we loved Him with all of our hearts, even though we did that and were close to Him, We all misunderstood who He really was. How could that happen? We were so tuned in. We asked Him to teach us to pray. We were praying. How could we have missed who Jesus really was or misunderstood? You see, we thought that Jesus had come to to answer our physical earthly prayers. We thought He came first and foremost to kick out the dreaded Roman occupiers and to restore Israel to its former glory. We thought that He had come to answer our every physical need. We thought He came to give us, well, wealth, health, comfort, and all of that. That's who Jesus was to us. But we were all looking in the wrong direction. The real truth turned out to be that Jesus came to set us free spiritually. How did we miss that? He came to set us free spiritually. We were focused on the physical realm. What can Jesus do for me? He was focused on the spiritual realm. What can I do in you? 
It took Passion Week to change our thinking and redirect our hearts. The truth was demonstrated right before our eyes over and over and over again since then. Followers of Christ at times lost everything. They lost their jobs. They lost their homes. They even lost their families. Yet they never lost their joy in the Lord. They never lost their faith in God. They never forgot to trust Him no matter what. For them, Jesus was enough. Passion Week changed everything. Followers of Christ were battered, bruised, persecuted, mistreated, and they never lost their joy in the Lord. In fact, it seemed that the more they were battered and bruised, the more their faith grew. The more things they lost of this world, the more their faith grew in God. I guess you could say that for them, Jesus was enough. Passion Week changed everything. The followers of Christ lost their families. They lost their faith. They even lost their lives sometimes. And yet the church grew and flourished in the joy of the Lord. Really, for all of us, Jesus was enough. Passion Week changed everything. It changed our focus from worldliness to God. I remember those days as if they were yesterday. And when I think about them, my heart is pounding in my chest. The other thing that runs through my mind as I reflect on that first Palm Sunday, that first Passion Week that changed my life is this. As I look back on the years that we followed Jesus, it seemed like our self-centeredness often kept us from understanding the words of Christ. Our self-centeredness kept us from understanding what He really was saying. Even right up to the end, right up to that first Palm Sunday, uh, we, we heard one day that James and John, oh brothers James and John, they came to Jesus because like, like I said, we could all sense that something was going to happen. So they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, when it's all said and done, when this is all over and you're wherever you're going to be, can we sit on your right hand and your left hand? Now, we weren't upset necessarily that they asked him that. What frustrated us was that we hadn't thought of it first. You see, for us... I guess you could say it's, it was all about us. And then there's our brother Judas. <laughs> Judas. What do they say these days? Judas priest. I don't know, whatever that means. But our brother Judas. He was my brother in Christ. I loved him. He was one of us. I still can't believe that he disobeyed and betrayed Jesus. But like the rest of us, it was Judas and Judas first, looking out for number one, what I can get out of it. You see, our selfishness was getting in the way of our following Christ. We were listening to Jesus. We were serving Jesus in the context of our self-centeredness. 
It worked well until things got rough, till the things got tough in life, and then it cost us something. What we did not understand back then was that for God, it wasn't self-centeredness, it was selflessness. It was an emptying that He looked for, for us to be then filled with Him. It was all about Christ-likeness. <laughs> now that I think about it, what we really needed was to act on that early longing we had to be just like Christ. I have one deep, supreme desire that I might be like Jesus. To this I fervently desire that I might be like Jesus. I want my heart, His throne to be, so that a watching world may see His likeness shining forth in me. I want to be like Jesus. After all these years, it's true for me too. Jesus is enough. And I serve Him today with my heart pounding in my chest. Palm Sunday. <laughs> that doesn't even begin to describe it. For me, it's the first day of the rest of my life. For me, it's the day that changed, the first day of the week that changed my life forever. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Passion Week can change your life today, too. Passion Week can change my life. Could you take a little quick inventory of your life this morning as we enter this most precious sacred week? Would you answer this question, is Jesus enough? If everything in this world were taken away from you, would Jesus be enough? Come on, America. Blessed people. Is Jesus enough for you? Have you in any way, shape, or form misunderstood what Jesus is trying to say to you? Has anything like selfishness or self-centeredness gotten in the way of your worship of God or understanding of who He is? Today, if Jesus were to walk in this room today, right now, and walk up to you and look you in the eye with His eyes, you know those eyes that are filled with love, if He would look you in the eye, He would say to you today, Come, follow me. Come, follow me. And what He would mean today is what He meant when the apostles followed Jesus. What He means is this, that to say yes 
means that you leave everything and follow Him. It means that the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Jesus would come to you right now and He would say, Come, follow me. What would your answer be? For the apostles, they got up and they went. For countless people through the centuries, they stood up and they went with Jesus. For people sitting here today, you too have gotten up and followed Jesus. What about the rest of us? Come. Follow me. Father, would you descend on this place, on this Palm Sunday? Would you speak powerfully into the center of our lives? Would you send your Son? To look into our eyes with His eyes of love and say, come follow me. Help us, Lord, to be people who say over and over and over again, here am I, send me. Oh, Lord, we all need you. It's serious now. It's no longer in or out. It's no longer just playing the game. It's either we're in or we're out. We're, we, we love you or we don't. Help us, Lord, to really make a decision here for you. Help us to be as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord, people. And, Lord, start with me. Help us to be people that prove by our lives that Jesus is enough. In your name we pray. Amen. It is our tradition on the first Sunday of each month to celebrate Holy Communion together. We do that again today. What a great way to start Passion Week. Thanking God and His Son Jesus Christ in advance. But before we do that, now think with me now, brothers and sisters. Think with me. Where do I stand with the Lord? Is Jesus enough? What would your answer be if He looked you in the face and said, Come, follow me today? What would you say? What would you do? Perhaps there are a few. There were in the first service. Perhaps there's a few that want to stand up where you are and come and say, Lord, once and for all, I want you to know that you're enough. I give my all to you. Anybody? It's hard. Everybody's looking. Anybody want to stand up where they are and and come and and say, here am I, send me. I'm yours, Lord. Anybody? As we wait just a few moments, it's not easy to take that spiritual inventory. Here am I. I bless you. I bless you. Anybody else? Come. Follow me. Come. Anybody? Follow me. 
come. Those eyes filled with love. Love for you. It's not about me. It's not about what I can accumulate in life. It's not about all this garbage that's around us. It's about Him. Come. Follow me. Come. Follow me. Father, you are faithful. You are faithful. Oh, Lord, we humbly bow before you. We humbly bow before you. Here we are. Send us. Those that are going to help us with communion, if you'd come at this time, And please serve those that are kneeling. If they would like to participate in communion as they kneel, please don't forget them. In Church of the Nazarene, anyone is welcome to participate in communion with us. If you are a a follower of God, you don't have to be a member of this church. Please hold the elements until we are all served and we will drink and eat together. If you choose not to participate, just pass it on. It's okay. Go ahead and pass it out as I pray. Lord. Prepare our hearts for what's to come. Prepare our hearts for this holy supper. And help us, Lord, to seek you with all of our hearts. These ones that are kneeling at the altar, Lord, would you speak powerfully into their lives? Encourage them in Christ today. In Jesus' name.
thank You, Lord. We worship You, Father. We bow before You. You are an awesome God. There is none like You. You are fulfilling in our lives when we seek You. Jesus, You are our everything. We worship You. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. you stand with me? Those that are seated, you can stay kneeling or stand if you want. It's up to you. This community of faith, let us eat this symbol of the broken body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be thankful. Thank you, Jesus. We say Hosanna. Let's say it together. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a symbol of the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us drink together and be eternally thankful. O oh God, from, all, from whom all blessings flow, somehow, Lord, in these uncertain times, Help us to redirect our hearts to You. Help us to refocus our lives on You. No matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, the good days, the bad days, the in-between days, we pray, Lord, that we would be demonstrators that the fact that Jesus is enough. And may our lives shout Hosanna to the people that we come in contact with. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.